Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Friday, August 11th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice, and they're available on a website. The URL for that website is www.whyagain.org. If you go to that webpage and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of that book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet, And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for 19 years now to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And before you're done typing the word forgiveness, if you choose to do that, you'll see the glowing heart icon. And... If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives the more they actively engage in the use of these tools, and secondarily because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, 
please do so by giving us a call at 563-999-3581. Once you call that number and press 1, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I'll see it, and when appropriate, turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code, and then we can have a conversation. If you're listening in the archives and you would like to reach out with a comment or a question or a testimonial, you can do so through email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at whyagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n dot o-r-g. And we're grateful every time anybody chooses to do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work when people let us know how this work is landing for them. Whether we're reading from a book, helping somebody through a worksheet process, or uh, discussing the, 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 the dynamics of how this worksheet process works. And... Um, so the more we get feedback from you, the easier it is for us to live into our intention with this work, and the intention of this work is to be of service. So please feel free to let us know how we can be of service. We had a support group last night, and someone did a very powerful worksheet in the group, and then we had discussion, and... I also mentioned in the in the in the group last night what I mentioned um, also on the internet show recently is that I was doing a, an interview with Stephen Jacobs. Stephen wrote the book Mental Illness: A Support Guide for Families and Friends, and that. Um, if all goes well, that interview will get published, I think it's uh, August 29th. I think that's a Tuesday. And um, in the middle of that interview, as I read his book and marked it up, so there were several things I wanted to talk about. One of them was, his chapter titled Embracing Forgiveness, A New Perspective. And I have it, you know, several of these pages dog-eared, and I was talking to him about how I was so glad to see a perspective on forgiveness that was so close to what I'd been exposed to by Dr. Michael Rice and The Course in Miracles and The Way of Mastery and the Kabor's manuscript. And I cited that in one of his statements in that book, he says, by doing your own internal work, by using the exercises in this guidebook, you can move to a place where there is no one left to blame or forgive. And when I asked him about that, and I said, so that is such an unusual perspective on forgiveness, I was wondering, 
how did you get introduced to that? And I was shocked to hear him say that he read the book and got exposed to the concept of radical forgiveness. And radical forgiveness was promoted by, and the book written about it, from a gentleman by the name of Colin Tipping. And Colin is no longer in the body. He made his transition in 2019. And it's my understanding that Colin may not be the only one, but he was one of the people who had been to trainings with Dr. Michael Rice, thought he understood the concept, and went off and basically pirated the work, gave it a different name, wrote a book about it, created worksheets on it, and did not give Michael Rice the credit. Michael reached out to him, and at one point I did see some of those worksheets that had a, um, a notation at the bottom that said, based on the work of Dr. Michael Rice. I, I'm not sure that the book ever um, addressed that issue, but I did see it on the bottom of one or more of his worksheets. And so it does not surprise me in the least that Stephen Jacobs would have this piece because it comes directly from the Dr. Michael Rice work with the Kabor's manuscript and the Course in Miracles. The idea is if you do this work, if you question your perceptions, if you understand that when you generate a negative perception, it is false. And if you soften and breathe and do this work, you will move along into a position where you realize there's no one to blame and there's no one to forgive. Now, in the radical forgiveness work, if you go and do a search for that and download the worksheets, you'll find he's got a worksheet for forgiveness. He has a worksheet for radical self-forgiveness, and he has a worksheet for radical self-acceptance. And um, one of the ways you can find those is just you know do your favorite search engine and search for radical forgiveness worksheets. If you click on Sounds True and search that website, you can actually find the, um, the PDF files that you can download. Um, What Michael Rice has said about this in the past is that he wishes Colin would have stuck around the work long enough so that he understood it better because when Colin created his worksheets, he missed the part about canceling the goal. And if you download those worksheets, you'll see while he's got a lot of the pieces about understanding that we create our own perception and... Um, that there, you know, eventually if you do that work, you'll see that there's no one out there to forgive and maybe your soul is orchestrating these interactions you have in your life so that you can grow spiritually, etc. While all of that may be there, there's nothing in these worksheets that says cancel the goal. So I was just 
explored, and then you know it all started to make sense. Here it is. This this core concept about the forgiveness process didn't really come from another source. It came from the same source, and it was only partially integrated by Colin um, when he decided to uh, make it his own and write his own book about it, etc., create his own worksheets. So I will uh, let you know what happens as I reach out to Stephen Jacobs privately, aside from the interview, that wasn't the appropriate time to do that, and share with him this missing piece and see if it takes his work to the next level. He clearly already gets a lot of benefit from the work he does. He does transcendental meditation. He does the radical forgiveness work. He does his own body journaling, kind of, you know, breathing and doing mental inventory about his physical sensations and allowing it to be there and move through him. So he's got a lot of the good pieces in his book, Mental Illness, A Guide for Families and Friends. And um, and life goes on. As I said, that uh, that interview should get published. I think it's August 29th. I, I was just uploading it to the professional podcast people today, and it's on the schedule for the 29th. So we'll see how that goes. Um. Our call-in number is 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, we can have a conversation. I am uh, feeling uh, in strong, intense emotions. I just finished a very powerful session with someone, and it's all about what we do and, and like what was happening in the support group last night when someone chose to do a, a very powerful worksheet. Well, they chose to do a worksheet, and... You know, some of them kind of seem to go nowhere or we go unconscious. This one had a lot of both emotional and intellectual connections for the person doing the worksheet. And um, as we've come to understand, that happens more often in the context of the sense of community, whether it's a live group or a Zoom group you know this remote video group the energy is still there the feeling of support and safety is still there Um, the energetic synergy is still there so um, we throw that invitation open on Tuesdays and Thursdays please feel free to join us for one of those and or Pass the information along to somebody you think might benefit. There is a a page for login information for the Tuesday group and a separate page for login information on the Thursday group on the website, mindshiftersacademy.org. Separate website from the whyagain.org. And... Um, And the theme in the last session that I just had was that I'm working with a person who is 
very bright, very competent, very devoted, very committed to making her life and her daughter's life better, as well as her parents' lives and basically everybody she touches, and she's feeling very stuck. And she's feeling as though when she goes to do her experiential work, she ends up spinning and going nowhere. And we were talking about how it's so important that when I do a worksheet or I do an energetic visualization, especially if I'm just spinning and going nowhere, that I gentle with myself, that I I just quietly with compassion talk to myself and say it's perfectly okay just the way it is and I'll be back again soon to do another round it's the action I take of doing a breath session doing an EFT tapping session doing a targeted journaling that Michael calls the mind shifter session it's the action of taking a step toward insight asking to be shown, canceling the goal, the action of doing it that is so powerful in communicating to my the fearful parts of my mind that I'm actually willing to see what's going on for them. I can't just say I'm willing and have that effectively be communicated. If I say I'm willing, but I don't make the time to do the Radical Forgiveness Worksheet or Byron Katie's work or Diedrich Wolzak's Choose Again Worksheet or Michael Rice's Reality Management Worksheet or the EFT Tapping Sessions or the Targeted Journaling that Michael calls a mind shifter, if I'm not carving out time to slow down, breathe and soften with compassion, with gentleness, with openness, turning to look inside myself to the fearful parts of my own mind. If I'm not actively doing that, it doesn't matter how much I say to myself or others that I'm willing to see the fearful parts of my mind. Because the action speaks louder than the words. We've all heard that. We've all heard that wisdom. My actions speak louder than my words. Your actions speak louder than your words. One of the reasons that we do this Internet show five days a week is because the action of just showing up speaks louder than anything we might say about the value of this work. This is why for 19 years now we've had the Tuesday support group and for about nine years now we've had the Thursday support group simply because of the truth that actions speak louder than words. As a primary driver for that, making that set of tools available is because no amount of lip service 
changes my internal dynamic or my understanding of my dynamics. So while it's um, a delightful thing to have some of the parts of um, this ancient Aramaic form of forgiveness out there in different formats, um, it will be interesting to see how it resonates for Stephen Jacobs to learn what was missing from radical forgiveness. And um, as I mentioned, I will I will give a report as I have a I've, I'm, I'm in the process of scheduling a follow-up conversation with Stephen just to talk privately about what might be added to the radical forgiveness work and see if that idea of canceling a goal makes a significant uh, change for him and the results he gets. So 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, we can have a conversation. How can we support you? What's on your mind? How would it benefit you to spend the rest of this hour? We've got about 37 minutes left. Next uh, Thursday will be some kind of a recording uh, for this hour because, as I mentioned, I will be having a mini family reunion. And then um, the following Tuesday and Thursday will also be some kind of recording. I will... I will look through the archives and try and find shows that I find useful for me. And again, if you have recommendations, if there's a best of show you would like to hear, we'd be happy to hear those offerings and recommendations. As I said, that makes it easier for us to live into the intention of being of service. And there will be replay shows next Tuesday, next Thursday, and at least the following Tuesday. Because I'm having a a minor knee surgery on Tuesday the 22nd. So there will be some time away. So the call-in number is 563-999-3581. We're wide open to suggestions about replays you'd like to hear. Wide open to any comments about radical forgiveness or this reality management worksheet, the ancient Aramaic process of forgiveness that includes the goal canceling. We had somebody on the support group last night specifically ask about the mind goal management sheet. And that's another worksheet where we, uh, Michael and Jeannie, make this available free on the Internet show or on their website. And it's titled the mind goal management sheet. And in that worksheet, we're encouraged to sit down one evening before bed and think about and frame out goals that we might want to set for the next day. And then 
frame them out in terms of how it would feel when it's over, whether or not it's aligned with our values and priorities, what will the impact be on our primary relationships, what what steps we might have to take to get, if we're going to like make a meal, get the ingredients for the meal. If I'm going to call some number to register for a class, I need to find the number. So it maps out all of these steps, and then I set one, two, three, or four worksheet or goals for the following day. I frame them out. Excuse me, I misspoke. We don't set them, we just frame them out. And then we do a brief meditation that says, I cancel any unachieved goals, and I ask to be shown how to have a peaceful night's sleep. And I ask to be shown how to evaluate these framed out goals so that I'll determine in the morning when I wake up whether or not to set them for the following day. And then again, I simply say, I cancel any unachieved goals, and I go to sleep with a clean slate. I wake up the next morning. Michael recommends five minutes of connected breathing, maybe a little inspirational reading, and then you pull up, you pick up the worksheet from the previous night for these one, two, three, or four goals that you framed out the night before, and you make a determination about whether or not you actually want to set that for that day. If so, you put the check mark in the box and you go about your day. And as those goals come up in the day and you complete them, you mark them off. And if you don't complete them, you get to evaluate. Do I want to move it to later in the day? Do I want to put it back in plans or intentions? Or I just want to cancel it. At the end of the day, before you go to bed, you review the day. You review the goals that you had. You reviewed if you completed them, what that felt like. You review if you didn't complete them, what that felt like mentally and emotionally. You make a determination about canceling the goal and or moving it back over to plans and intentions, maybe framing it out to be done the next day. And then the connected breathing and then canceling any unachieved goal and asking to be shown how to have a productive night's sleep. Oh, I, I guess I, I, I skipped the part there about framing out goals for the next day. And in this way, each night, I'm evaluating the goals that I had accomplished or not accomplished and framing new goals for the next day, canceling all unachieved goals, getting a good night's sleep, waking the next morning and repeating the cycle of determining at the beginning of the day which goals I would like to set. And... Most people who see this worksheet and hear this lecture, Dr. Michael Rice's lecture on that is titled Getting the Stress You Need. And most people who are exposed to this think, well, this is crazy. I've got 37 things I need to do tomorrow. I can't just have four goals. I've got to have 118 goals. And yet, if they step into using that tool, most people, everyone certainly that's tried it and come back to, to talk to me, finds they get much more done in a given day, even if they only frame and then set one or two goals for the day. In the process of that, the mind energy is clearer, more is available. They are more efficient in all kinds of areas of their lives, and they come back and report that that's a powerful tool for managing their stresses and 
freeing up more energy to get more things done in their life, even if they only set two or three or four goals in a day. So we talked about that last night. We reviewed it, answered a couple questions about it, and um, it's just, as I mentioned, it's just one of the many worksheets that's available. And um, highly effective for everyone I know who's actually tried it. And um, if you have a comment or a question about that or any of the other worksheets that are available at whyagain.org, let us know. What's, what's on your mind? How can we support you today? What would be of use to, to talk about in our last 30 minutes or so? I am uh, actively working on getting a series of um, interviews uploaded. So uh, I'm at the end of the list of recommendations. So if you know somebody that you think would be good for us to interview, either for the Mind Shifters radio or for the On Your Mind podcast hosted by Journey's Dream, Please submit those through email or call in and, and leave a spoken recommendation at 563-999-3581. Again, if you call that number, you need to press 1 on your phone so that I know you've got a comment or a question. And in lieu of anybody raising their hand right now, I will look back into the the book by Christian Sundberg, which is A Walk in the Physical. And as I've mentioned before, there is a lot of work in this book that hits at, or in the question and answer section, that hits at hypothetical things that can't be proven, etc. And I'm choosing to go past those. You might find them of use or interesting. I'm choosing to go past them so that we stay focused on the practical side of this work and um, step into experiences that we can move into so that we have a different experience or activities that we move into that can help us have a different experience of life. And there's one question here that asks um, if we're all one and we're all connected, will I lose my individuality? when I die, but we'll get to that in a minute. Here you code 828, you're in the air. We have the spinning wheel of connection, hoping that you will soon well, get notification that you're in the air. Yeah, I was muted. <laughs> okay, do you hear me now? Yes. 
Okay, great. Before you start reading, and I'm very glad that you're going to go back and read more from that book. However, I wanted to just say um, um, how how very instrumental the mind goal management worksheet was for me and still is. Uh, and I no longer use the long version. I have, and I, I guess I would recommend that for people, use the long version until you really, really know how this works deeply within you, and then you might want to shorten it up, you might not. Anyway, um, I find, so true to what you said, when I use it, I get much more done. I have much more peace <clears throat> within me, and um, focus is, is such a it's a much more pleasant day because I am no longer getting into that feeling of overwhelm. Oh my goodness, there's so much to do. Where should I start? And then ending up doing very little because my energy is all scattered. So. It is a great tool, and uh, I just wanted to say that to the listeners who maybe not have not uh, experienced it yet. That's all. Excellent. Yeah, it's, I think it's a, a a wonderful thing to get those testimonials from people who've already stepped into the experience. Um, it's it's counterintuitive in many ways that if I move away from my you know the the miles long to-do list if I move away from that and I only list out one two three or four goals for the day how could I end up being more productive it's quite counterintuitive it is um, and to understand some of that you know, you might want to get a hold of Dr. Rice's um, lecture title, Getting the Stress You Need. It's a two-hour DVD. And uh, he, he explains some of the dynamics that make that possible. Um, and if you're actively managing the stresses in your mind more efficiently, it makes really good sense. There's more energy left. I have more energy. I have more energy to focus, concentrate, be productive, even though I'm not listing out a to-do list with 147 items. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's how it works for me, at least. I'm Again, my energy is focused, no longer scattered here and there. And so I just go about doing what I have chosen to do. And also it's very flexible. Uh, that's, I was just talking with someone recently about it. And, and he said, well, what if something really comes up that is, is very important and needs to be done right away? And I'm, I just said, yeah. Well, then you, you can decide which one of the other um, uh, possible goals that you've listed can be deleted or changed to the next day and you can substitute the one that is much more important. It's a very flexible way to, to handle it. And yet the mind is, um, my mind is very happy that I'm not um, frittering away my energy. 
Excellent. Yeah, it is um it is counterintuitive, counter logical anyway. It might be quite intuitive, but it's counter logical that when I use a process like that that's so prescribed and limited, it expands my productivity and my energy level in ways that I never would have predicted even after sitting and listening to the lecture on a regular basis. So Right. And I also want to, I know I've already said, I, I want to mention again, the peace within me is so much more um, fulfilling. I'm, I'm not striving and stressing and wondering and trying to push myself in, in any direction. Uh, and so my mind is peaceful. And that right there is worth it, just, just having that feeling of relaxation and peace. Really cool. So please read, please, please, please. I love I love that you're still reading this book. It's a great book. Okay. Well I'll get back to that in a minute. I just I just thought from your call it it reminded me that I talked about as another level of testimonial in the group last night mm-hmm. that when we were first doing the first eight or nine years of the MindShifter support group, all we did was Michael's videos. And so I had, I think, 14 of them, and it would take two weeks to get through one. So we would watch every video two or more times every year. Mm-hmm. So that video, Getting the Stress You Need, we watched it you know, over the course of eight years, at least 16 times. And in that two-hour video, he has a meditation that he leads us through where he invites us to cancel any unachieved goals by person, by category, by situation from the earliest times in our lives to the present time. And Mm -hmm. one of those times, maybe the fifth or sixth time that I sat in that support group and we watched that video, as I would usually, I would just go through the video. I'd go through the visualization and cancel the goals. Well, about the fifth or sixth or eighth time, whatever it was, I heard him say something about canceling any goals I have for travel. And it never registered in my mind before. But when he said that, I got this image of these pictures on my office wall that I had taken when I lived in Northern California after college before coming back here to go to graduate school. And I I struggled with coming back here because I loved the mountains. I loved living out there. My family was back here. but So I came back and told myself, it's okay to go back to the Midwest to go to graduate school because you'll get a job and you'll make so much money that you can come out here for vacations and you'll bring your sons out here and you'll show them your you know, your children. At that point, I didn't know that I was just going to have sons, but I'll show my children where I used to go and how to backpack and the love of the, of the outdoors, etc. And it's all flashed into my mind when I was listening to that meditation about canceling goals and it shocked me to realize that I'd never been back so 
with tears in my eyes, I canceled the goal to go back and 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 had floods of memories of all the people back there that you know they've moved on with their lives, et cetera. And there, there may not be any connection with them if I went back, but so I had some grief work to do, and I just let that happen and canceled the goal. It was either a year, a year and a half, or two years later when we were in the support group watching that video again, and it came up, and I heard him say, cancel the goal, the travel, and I flooded with tears and the realization that since canceling that goal, seriously focusing on travel and remembering that my goal had been to go back to Northern California, et cetera, in that year and a half or two years, I had traveled more than the 25 or 30 years before that. And, and it flooded into my mind what had happened. Prior to that, for 25 or 30 years, if somebody said, hey, would you like to drive down to Indianapolis or go up to Marquette, Michigan, or go to New York or go to Philadelphia, I would say no. And in the back of my mind would be this thought, I need to save up my money so I can go back to California, basically mm-hmm. Oregon. And, and I wasn't even aware of it. But in Uh the year and a half or two years after I canceled that goal and let the tears come up and feel the grief about how I hadn't been back there in all those years, I had been to Florida, I had been to Philadelphia, I had been to Iowa, all these, I'd been to Colorado, and it all Uh flooded back to me in that visualization. And I got to see firsthand the power of canceling unachieved goals and freeing up the energy, the emotional and mental energy. Indeed. And it shows the power of uncanceled goals that that we're holding that may be 60 years old or whatever. They are operating on our mind and, and we're not even aware of it, but they're taking our energy. It's that's that's a powerful story. It's great. I'm glad that that happened for you. Yeah, well, and and you're, you know, you're giving a testimonial about it. Reminded me that I was sharing that last night with the group, so I thought I would just share it again here. It's um, it's mm-hmm. there have been many many powerful shifts in my life from encountering this wide variety of tools that Michael and Jeannie make available from the reality management worksheet to the targeted journaling that Michael calls the mind shifter to the three early memories of conflict to this mind goal management worksheet, etc. And there's a lot of real deep value to be had in watching those two-hour videos that Michael has Mm-hmm. Most of them have their own worksheet or tool available. True. That's a good reminder. Thank you. Because I haven't, I haven't watched any of his videos in a while, so that's a very good reminder. Well, anything else to uh, add today for you? No, not at all. You've got 15 minutes to read. Yay. Well, I'm, I may or may not read, but I'm going to turn on the microphone for 760, so I'll leave your microphone on, Amagda, just in case. I believe it's okay. Anne. Is that you? Yes. <clears throat> yes, Anne I'm glad you left your microphone. 
Hi. So when you referred to the long version of the mind goal management, were you talking about the one that we got from the codependency to interdependence um, Zoom, you know, thing, or did Michael put that longer one on the website as well? I haven't been using the long version in so long, so many, many years that I'm not sure where it is. Oh. <laughs> well, what is what is the short version, Magda? Well, it's a version I made up for myself, and it worked very, very well for me, and it's so simple. Um, I was finding that it took a long time for me to go through all the steps the night before, you know, visualizing all of the effects and so forth. And writing it down. <clears throat> so once I got that deeply ingrained, because it's many, many years ago that I started using it, um, I went to my short version, again, for me. And it's a simple um, uh, a little, <laughs> a tiny little notebook that I have. And the left side, the, le- the page on the left, I title at the top, Possibilities. And the page on the right is titled Real Goals. Those are the goals I choose. So the night before, I will write my two, three, four possibilities that I think I would like to make into goals the next morning. So I'll write that down the night before. I'll look at it in the morning and see, do I still want these? You know, just evaluate, change what needs to be changed. And then I will select my first goal and I will draw an arrow. I'm very visual, so I draw an arrow on a different color from the left side to the right, and I, and I write, it's just one word, and I know what that means. You know, it has the whole story in my brain about what I'll be doing and what the effects are and all that. So when I complete that goal, I <laughs> again, very visual, I... Um, Take a different color and draw a line all the way through from the left page to the right page. And I draw a heart at the end of the word and I color it in in red so it really stands out. So that's my version that works for me. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, okay, all right. Because I still have that four point one, like you were saying, you know, the original one that he gave us or that he has on the website that I know of. And, yeah, I would get bogged down with that, too. But And I sort of adapted it, too, but I like your visual part because I'm so visual, too. So that's great. Mm -hmm. I'll re-listen to this. Yeah, Yeah, because I use a regular planner, and there's some room. um, So I started getting back into that, but I agree with you. When you start it or do cancel the night before and then, you know, if you have to adjust in the morning or something around appointments, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, right, absolutely. The day goes way better. Anyway, so thank you for sharing that. No. Thanks. Oh, yeah. That. And so, yeah, Anne, just to be clear, are you saying yeah. that yeah. you have access to a longer version than the one you can download from the whyagain.org website? I'll have to check and see what they have on there, but from that code so, you know, in, in all those videos that he has now as a separate um, codependency to independent self-study, um, he he mm-hmm. did a longer one in that. I'll have to 
I have to look out. I'll get, I know where my pages are for that and have to get that out. I thought it was too long. But for some people, it might, you know, be well, too. Jeannie, it's like what Magda you, said. You get, I'm just going to ask Jeannie, who turned on her microphone, did you want to comment on this? Oh, Jeannie, yeah. You know the longer version of the Mind Goal Management sheet from the Coda Tenancy Workshop, the Zoom one? Um, did you put that longer version, Mind Goal Management, on the website or not? I guess if I unmuted myself on the phone, you could hear me. <laughs> yeah. No, the longer one is that you're talking about is the code is the uh, Power Person Worksheet, and that one's the, the only one is just for the uh, those that were in the intensive or doing the self study intensive. But the Mind Goal Management Sheet has always been the same, and it's the one that's on the website. The oh, long okay. one right. was the Power Person Worksheet. Okay. The Mongol Man is actually, um, yeah, yeah, the Mongol Man. Yeah, it's just one page. Okay, okay. Then, yeah, my brain cells kind of mix those up. Thanks, Dr. Tim, for asking her to clarify that. Okay, all right. Well, I see how that happened. Okay. All right, thank you. Yeah, but I agree with Magda. Once you get that down, then you can modify it, you know, to your personal. Um, that works best for you. So anyway, okay. Thanks, Jeannie. You're, you're welcome. And Magda, if you'll send me, I sent you a text, but if you'll send me an example of that, I'll make a blank one and put it on the website. I like that too. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I can do I'm, that. I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, arrogant enough to think that uh, Magda might have gotten that <laughs> From me because the person who introduced me to this work with Dr. Michael Rice was a friend of mine from high school and he sent me the original four-hour audio CD which was my introduction to this work and when I listened to it it just felt like coming home this is exactly what I've been trying to teach people for 30 years in therapy so he had two pieces that I didn't have one was the connection to the ancient Aramaic and the Kabor's manuscript, and the other one was this one-page reality management worksheet, which was a step-by-step process to get practical movement on my emotions. And that person, his first name was Joe, Joe was a very bright, very organized person, and he listened to the Mind Goal Management Worksheet or um, the video, which is Getting the Stress You Need. And he adapted it to his system. He had a simple bifold folder. And he would have a blank sheet of paper on one side, and he had some Post-it notes and a packet of Post-it notes that he had somehow connected to that folder. And he would, at the end of the night, he would take a Post-it note and write something that he might want to do the next day, a plan or an intention, and plaster that on the left side. Mm -hmm. And then when he got up the next morning, he would decide if he moved them from the left side to the right side, 
they were the post-it notes are now there. Those are his goals for the day. And he'd carry that with him. And as he accomplished them or decided not to have them anymore, he would either move them back to the left side, which is plans or intentions, or he'd crumple them up and throw them away if he was canceling it. And that way, by the end of the day, when he opened his folder, he could see are there any goals that he had set for the day that he didn't accomplish, they would be on a post-it note on the right-hand side. And he could then decide to move them back to the left side, which is plans or intentions, or crumple them up and throw them away, which is the process of canceling. So mm-hmm. he simplified it to that. And we, we've shared that a number of times in the support groups and on the Internet show over the years. But, you know, but, but what Michael has in that mindful management worksheet is a series of steps that makes it even more rich because you get to frame mm-hmm. out the goal and make sure it's in alignment with mm-hmm. your values, your priorities, the impact it's going to have on your primary relationships, the joy or satisfaction you're going to feel when it's accomplished, etc. And in that process of, you know, kind of, it's like, um, getting your hands in the dough and kneading it, right? Just just getting in there and really thinking about these goals before you set them so that you're reasonably certain they're aligned with your primary and secondary purpose, your values and priorities, the key relationships in your life, the emotional impact, the creative impact, the feeling of satisfaction you're going to have, the relative costs of getting this accomplished, and you frame that out before you decide to commit the significant amount of mental, emotional energy it's going to take to accomplish it. So it's a very rich process. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I do remember you talking about this other method with the post-it notes, and I tried that. Um, and for me, that was not... Uh, as satisfying as being able to cross off and and draw the heart because to me the heart is about joy and love and and success and so so that's why I personalize it for myself in that way um, also I didn't want to waste that many post-it notes <laughs> but um, the other thing is the, the uh, notebook that I use is very small. I can pop it into a pocket or in my purse and take it with me, you know, as needed. So uh, I like that it's really tiny. I used to use a much larger one, and now it's just tiny. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, it's really important to get all the benefits that we can out of using Michael's original steps and only then to shorten it up. Yeah. Thanks that it triggered um, you bringing that up, Dr. Tim, because for me, because I like the tactile part of stuff too, that would work <laughs> for me because I used to have sticky notes all over the place. And so now, because I have an 8 by 11 planner, so that might work for me because I need to get better at this. So, All right. Thanks. Yeah. Wow. That was great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Take care, Susan. Good, good, good. All right. Well, thank you both for commenting and questioning. I will mute you so you can listen into the second hour. I will just go back very briefly to this one question. It's a very brief answer. 
The question is, if we're all one and we're all connected, will I lose my individuality when I die? And it reminds me of the old story, very old story, of the man who was made of salt. And he went to a wise man and he said, I want to be one with everything. And the wise man said, good, come over here and, and you know, walk into this in this water they were there at the edge of the ocean and the man made of salt went over and dipped his toe in, and his toe disappeared and he came back and said what wait a minute this is killing me this is and the wise man said listen do that walk in there you will be one with everything and of course the man the ego-driven mind of the man made of salt says oh no i'll i'll lose my identity so the answer here is that there are many states of being available to be experienced. And yet, no, we do not lose our individuality when we die. Our individuality is precious and preserved. In general, we will be simultaneously aware of both our individuality and our oneness with all being. We can go to various extremes across that spectrum of feeling one with everything and not feeling much of our individuality or feeling very isolated and separate as an individual without any connection to the oneness of all. And yet, neither is ever lost. You can never be separate from all that is and you can never lose your individuality in that sense. And of course, it seems like a paradox, and they've talked about this at several times in this book in different places. If I think I'm experiencing a paradox, it is simply evidence that my perception is highly restricted, and I just can't see the whole picture. When we see the whole picture, all paradox will be dismantled. So I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of this stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I'll welcome Jeannie Rice. Thank you, Dr. Tim. Great discussion. You're welcome. And have a wonderful show. Thank you. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of Mindshifters Radio. And today is Friday, August the 11th, 2023. And their call-in number is 563-999-3581. And press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. And um, while we're waiting on Michael to dial in, uh, that all just reminded me of a poem that it actually popped up on my phone, and I have no idea who sent it to me or what, but... It was after my mom passed away, and it meant a lot to me. And I actually forwarded it to our daughter-in-law, Jamie, when she lost her dad this past week. And she actually had it printed and put on the um, program that they did for her father's funeral. And it's called Death, Death is Nothing at All, and it's by Henry Scott Holland. And it says, Death is Nothing at All. It does not count. I have only slipped away into the next room. Nothing has happened. Everything remains exactly as it was. 
I am I and you are you. And the old life that we lived so fondly together is untouched, unchanged. Whatever we were to each other, that we are still. Call me by my old familiar name. Speak of me in the easy way which you always used. Put no difference into your tone. Wear no forced air of solemnity or sorrow. Laugh as we always laughed at the little jokes that we enjoyed together. Play, smile, think of me, pray for me. Let my name be ever the household word that it always was. Let it be spoken without an effort, without the ghost of a shadow upon it. Life means all that it ever meant. It is the same as it ever was. There is absolute and unbroken continuity. What is this death but a negligible accident? Why should I be out of mind because I am out of sight? I am but waiting for you for an interval. Somewhere very near, just around the corner. All is well. Nothing is hurt. Nothing is lost. One brief moment and all will be as it was before. How we shall laugh at the trouble of parting when we meet again. Oh, and I'll take a breath. That was, um, to me, very powerful. Just you know, And we actually had seen a movie, and I've not been able to find it since. But it was about a woman who was passing away with uh, cancer, and she had two small children and a husband. And, you know, she was explaining to them basically that same thing. She said, if I go into the kitchen and you're in here in the den, she said, am I really absent? No, I'm just in another room. And it's the same when I pass that I'm still here, I'm still with you, I'm just in another realm. And both of those came to me right after she passed and it was just a great comfort and a reminder that you know even though that we are individual we are all still connected and you know if it uh, that helps to alleviate the perceived pain that we have when we perceive that we have lost something or someone and so yeah that's a great discussion and we are all one, but yet we are all individual. So Michael has joined us, and I'll say, uh huh. Go ahead. Interesting how the Aramaic, which is a language based in the physics of the world, not based in men's mind, minds. Pardon me. In the Aramaic language, the word "dead" means present elsewhere. That's what the word means in Aramaic. Doesn't mean finito, gone, done, over with. It just means present elsewhere. And, you know, one of the things that we're very careful of with, let's say, for instance, with Aria, you know, there are times when I've gone away for a weekend or, you know, I went and did an intensive season at Heartland, came back, and I've been gone for a couple of months. When I got back, did I say to Aria, did you miss me? Were you sad that I was gone? Were you afraid that I'd never come back? Well, you can brainwash people with missing and being sad and pained and traumatized over anything or nothing. And people can do it with their minds because when you think a thought, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was actually just listening to a, uh, a video as I was driving. I'm out driving right now, and you might want to jump on and give it a listen. If you want to search on YouTube, search how our genes listen to our beliefs how our genes 
Listen to Our Beliefs. And it's by Bruce Lipton. And he's just reviewing the idea, the Aramaic idea. If you go to the opening words in the book of John, we're told by the Greeks who are working out of the minds of men and didn't have a clue about the truth. If Yeshua sat in most of churchianity's buildings today, he'd say that's all Greek to me. But the Greeks told us that the opening words in the book of John said, in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And they equate that with the man Yeshua. In Aramaic, those same words properly translated say, in the beginning was the mind energy, and the mind energy became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Or in the beginning was the willed action, another proper translation for those words. In the beginning was the willed action, and the willed action became flesh. Now, I get to live with the flesh of my mind energy, and you get to live with the flesh of your mind energy. If I think a thought of hate or rage or trauma toward you, who gets the mind energy of that hate or rage or trauma but me? We see people going around all the time. You know, we live in a culture where by the time you're four years of age, you have become pretty much a card-carrying member of the one world religion of blame because the whole mind energy game is about how everything that's not right in my life is somebody else's fault. And it's time for us to give up that Greek crap. I mean, it's just hogwash. And recognize that where they used to think, you know, they used to think that the brain of the, the cell was the core of the cell, the genes in the cell. But what they discovered is they could take the whole inside. They could take, you know, just like you took an ice cream scoop and scooped out the inside of the cell, and the cell went on and functioned perfectly. One of the questions Bruce Lipton asked, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. He just, I just finished listening to this. He says, just leave it to a bunch of male scientists to think that the inside of the cell, which is actually the reproductive mechanism of the cell, calls that the brain. <laughs> Man, where are your brains? They're not inside of your cells. The core of the cell, the genes in the cell, are the gonads of the cell. That comes up with a rather humorous joke in our culture about where men's brains are. <laughs> but they can take the, the core, they can take everything out of the cell and the cell functions fine. However, if they take that same cell and they use an enzyme to digest, to eat off, to disappear the antenna, the receptor sites on the cell, then the cell stops functioning. Huh. So the core of the cell is the reproductive mechanism. It's not the brain. A lot of men think with the reproductive mechanism instead of their brains. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was rather humorous. But what he's pointing out, and of course the Aramaic came along 2,000 years ago with this, 
in the beginning was the mind energy. And when you source mind energy, if there's a receptor site on the cell for the mind energy that you're engaging in, then that mind energy lands on the receptor site and turns on or turns off a gene to produce or reproduce something that's already in the gene. If you want to introduce something new, you have to have new mind energy. You have to think with a different mind than the mind you've always thought with if you want a different life, if you want a different physical expression, if you want to get let go of your physical, mental, emotional, financial, relationship diseases, you have to come to your life with a different mind. Mind energy becomes flash through the mechanism of the cell. So if we brainwash a child to miss, to be sad about the fact you're not there, we're so ego-centered that we're creating trauma for that child that that child, unless they have the tool to remove the impact of the mind energy, will live with for the rest of their lives. And what's the tool with which to remove that mind energy? The tool is forgiveness. So if there's something in the cell that reproduces in the expression of disease, you better get about learning how to remove that expression or you're going to get to live with it over and over and over and over again. Actually, there's a book about that. You can download it free from our website. It's called Why Is This Happening to Me Again? Why is it happening to you again? Because you or somebody in your bloodline thought it. That's what started it all. You were given the power of creation at your creation. You were given the power to originate mind energy. All the cell can do is replicate whatever's in it. It can source nothing. And it's time for us to wake up. And the skill that Yeshua invites people to do, and if you go back 2,000 years ago, there's a particular scene where he's explaining to them what they have to do and literally... Half of his disciples at that point whined, moaned, complained, and left saying too hard a thing. They were so distraught over having to do the inner work of cleaning up their own genetic history and cleaning up their own minds that as they left, go read that passage. Yeshua turned to Peter and said, you're going to leave too? Is it too much for you too? to take responsibility as a creator. So what, what this man presented was a technology with which to remove the energetic patterns of the mind energy reflected by your generations and recreate your life, recreate your physiology, recreate the state of your health. Mind energy. Your mind energy becomes your flesh. And you know what? It doesn't matter who you think it about. If you think a thought of hate, guess who gets the quote-unquote chemistry? Because what, what Bruce Lipton has shown in the laboratory is when you think a thought, that thought produces a molecule called a neuropeptide. That neuropeptide lands on a cell, and that cell replicates the neuropeptide chemically. within the cell. Now let's bring Einstein into the picture. 
And Einstein says, on such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible. There is no matter. So you don't live in a material world. Your eyes trick you. Your brain has been trained to see certain things that exist only within your brain because your brain paints pictures on the inside of your eyeballs. You look and you say, oh, I'm looking out there and I see what's out there. I promise you, you will never see anything outside of you with your eyes. You will see your brain's replica of what's outside of you with your eyes. But you don't see with your eyes. It's a fraud. It's a lie. So when we become aware of how this whole energy system works, we have a whole lot more say about it than we've been taught to believe. And we need to start to take responsibility for and change the game. When you change the game, guess what? The game changes. Well, actually, the game remains the same. It's just the mechanism of control that reflects differently and changes. So as the wake-up call comes in and you start recognizing, I'm the one who's setting this up, then we can let go of all these protective games, all of these fear-based games that people play. Because fear destroys physiology. Fear creates the chemistry of disease. And this work is here to support you and assist you in learning the tools and the techniques for literally ridding yourself of all disease. Forgiveness. Now notice the Greeks turned that absolutely backwards and they told you that forgiveness was about how you were supposed to let somebody off the hook for the chemistry and the expression of mind energy that you were experiencing inside yourself. So now begins the one world religion of blame. Oh, it's somebody else's fault that I'm experiencing this, but it's okay, I'll forgive them. I'll let them off the hook for what's happening inside of me. So now we have each of us, a thousand generations that have gone before us, all believing that the problem's on the outside. And all I need to do is let somebody else off the hook. And then all of the trash that I've created in my life will go away. Lies, 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 and more lies. This is the wake-up call. Ultimately, if you really want total, complete health as you are designed to have, then you must learn to forgive every piece of mind energy. You must learn to recognize, recapture, and remove everything that never belonged. So there's work to be done. How many generations in your bloodline do you suppose it's been since somebody had this level of understanding of how creation works? 
Well, I'll say that for me, I can't fathom that anybody in my bloodline ever understood what was going on. And so that means that if you're the first one in the generations to have an inkling of this, then you're the early adopter. And the early adopter has deep, deep, meaningful work to do in order to clean up the whole process of creating your life and stepping into the place where you become a conscious co-creator of your life rather than just playing out the generational patterns of blaming everybody else for what's happening inside of you. So in essence, that's what we're here to do. That's the, uh, the skill we're inviting you to develop. Now, many people hear this and go, wow, that's really cool. That's really exciting. I've got five bucks in five minutes. Tell me, tell me how to change all of my generational patterns. Well, actually, I can tell you how to do that in just five minutes, but you won't do it. I don't know anybody that will do it. Because the one attribute of what we call the non-being mind is inertia. And if you remember from physics class in high school, the definition of inertia. Definition is, is that it says, is that a body moving in a particular direction at a particular rate of speed will tend to continue moving in that direction at that rate of speed until it's acted upon by an outside force. Here's the gig. You have to become the outside force that changes what's going on on the inside of you if you ever want your life to be different. And you've got to give up your membership card and the one world religion of blame, to which virtually everybody belongs. So, are you ready to do that piece of work? Are you ready to be finished with the game of blame? So, I can tell you how to forgive. It's easy. Very, very simple. Notice that you're never upset with anybody, as long, unless you're just a generally miserable person. Notice you're never upset with anybody as long as they're fulfilling all the goals that you have for them. You're pretty happy with most everybody as long as you're fulfilled. But you'll notice how much rage, fear, condemnation, viciousness can come up when somebody stops achieving the goals you hold for them. When someone refuses to fulfill your goals. So here's how forgiveness is done. Literally, in less than five minutes. It took me 35 years to understand this, working with it full time, from the Aramaic. Goals drive perception. If pained content is in your cells and resonated by a goal that you hold, then your mind will produce a perceptual construct based in pain. If you want to collapse that goal, then you must forgive. And the word forgive in Aramaic is shabag or shabak, and it literally translates, it literally means to cancel. So here's what you do to forgive. Whatever the goal is, when you're in some sort of pain or turmoil, you cancel that goal. 
When you cancel that goal, the perceptual construct based in the content of your mind that may be 10 generations old collapses. When it collapses, if you bring love present to whatever is beneath it, then the removal of whatever is beneath it, that which creates pain, trauma, and disease, suffering disappears. It heals. It's forgiven. So there you go. That's all it takes to learn forgiveness. Now, the challenge is going to be overcoming your inertia-bound mind. This is no, no, Bill Sibley, no, Harry Sibley. I'm only upset because of what you did. You've got to give up your card-carrying capacity in the one-world religion of blame. You've got to give it up. You're not upset because Bill said something. You're not upset because your baby did something. You're not upset because your mother or your father or your sister or your spouse or your neighbor did something. You're upset, and you have a particular quality of upset you're very familiar with. Read my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? That's the only thing you'll be doing is playing out your Why Is This Happening to Me Again dynamics. And you're only doing it because it's inside of you. Your assignment, should you choose to accept it, and this tape will self-destruct in five seconds, <laughs> your assignment is to face everything based in any form of hostility or fear that is anywhere in your genes, which means anywhere in your bloodline over the last whatever number of thousands of years that your family system has been in existence, that your cultural programming has been occurring, and remove it. There you go. There you go. You got the five-minute speech. That's how it's done. I don't have to say any more. Your challenge is going to be overcoming your inertia because your mind's moving in a particular direction at a particular rate of speed. And if it's not moving in the direction of being responsible for what's going on inside of you for understanding that your energetic dynamics are the only thing that cause you to feel or experience anything, that the only cause for your physical, mental, emotional, relational, financial diseases are those energetic patterns which you hold inside of you. If you don't know that yet, take a while to change the inertia-bound mechanism. But there's how it works. So, Miss Jeannie, does that make sense? Do you have anything to add to that? I actually do. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, talking, then I'm going to just I listen actually, to it. Go for it. I started uh, looking up Bruce Lipton, so actually in the notes for today, I've included the link to how our genes listen to our beliefs. And Bruce Lipton has some uh, many, many uh, videos out there that you can watch about um, like the biology of belief, which was his book. So while I was looking for that and taking notes on what Michael was saying, then I also what I thought about was, you know, depending upon the cell, all of your cells are replaced um, anywhere from a day to 10 years. They actually said, and I put this link in there too, that on average, the cells in your body are replaced every 7 to 10 years. So you don't have, if you're over 10 years old, you don't have a single cell that you were born with. But those numbers hide a huge variability in lifespan across the different organs of the body. Type of white blood cell may only last two days, while the cells in the middle of your eyelashes will last your entire life. And then there is another link that said, while most of your cells are regenerated, the process involved become progressively unreliable over time, okay? And this was my thought in the beginning before I started uh, searching these links, is that while your cells are replaced, the, cell, the new cell replicates the cell that it's replacing, such as a copy machine. 
You put something in it and it makes a copy of it. What this next one is saying that it progressively becomes unreliable. Imagine that you took a magazine article and you put it on a copy machine and you made a copy. You've got a copy of that article, but it's not quite as clear as the magazine itself. All right, and then if you make a copy of your copy and then make a copy of your copy, the more you keep doing that, the more degraded that it becomes. And this guy says let me, that the uh-huh. – Let me throw a thought in there, sweetie. I, I would offer that is an interesting set of thoughts, but I would not accept it and I don't believe it's accurate. It is not well, a – Well, unless you uh, change the cell that it's copying. Well, and that's, that, that's my to, point. That you have to. So, so my point would be that the replication is always 100%. It's that we, by putting mind energy in, create the chemistry that degrades the source code. It's not the copying. It's not the replicating. It's not time. You know, that would indicate the number of times would be the reason why you'd end up in problems. But the truth is, it's not because of the number of times it's been replicated. It's what we've been putting into the structure over that period of time that creates the degradation. And the minute that we remove those degrading energies, which interestingly enough in Aramaic were called sin, an arch return means energies that are off the mark. The minute we remove those energies, the perfect cell comes out of that perfect image that was created by the creator and has never been touched by anything. It's just the overlays that interfere with its replication. That would be my, my offering on that. Time is not Cool. Well, right on track. Awesome. So if you're out there in listener land, how can we support you? What's on your mind? Is that, does that give you something to chew on? Maybe another perspective or, you know, hopefully building some new brain cells for what comes next. Where are we going here with this process of becoming creators? And thank you for putting Bruce's link in the notes today. It's a lot of good stuff. just fits perfectly with, uh, with, what, uh, with what Bruce is teaching. So cool that we've got that available to us. Thank you, Bruce Lipton. So if you're out there in listener land, you got a thought for us? Our call-in number is 563-999-3581. 563-999-3581. If you call that number, you'll be listening to the show directly. And if you push 1, that'll raise a hand in the control panel, and we'll be having a conversation. How can we support you? What's on your mind? Push 1. Let's talk about it. Missini, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? Oh, it is all quiet. It's all quiet? Well, gee, I would have thought that would have just gotten a whole flurry of conversations going. And I am complete with my thinking at this moment. If we don't have any conversations to be had, I'm complete. I can't imagine we don't have anybody with a comment, a question, a thought, an answer, an idea, something to share with us. 
563-999-3581. If you're on one of those stations where we can't see you, give us a call. Push one. One of the things that was being talked about at the beginning uh, with Dr. Tim and uh, was why I read the, the poem about nothing at all uh, was a question right. that had been asked um, that, let me just scroll down. Someone had asked, if we are all one and we are all connected, will I lose my individuality when I die? And then we talked about that our our individuality is precious and preserved, and we are both, and neither is lost. And our perception is restricted, and therefore we don't see the whole picture. So um, that was what triggered that poem for me, was that we right. there's nothing lost. And they had also been discussing the mind goal management sheet, which is another way. I mean, it's still talking about canceling goals uh, that you set for the day. And... Um, so I don't know if you want to, to talk about the mind goal management sheet for a moment. Well, the uh, the simple bottom line is that the way that stress is created is by setting a goal. You know, we we hear from the medical profession that the reason why most people visit a doctor's office is because of stress. And people talk about stressful situations. But there are no stressful situations. There is nothing outside of us that causes us stress. Stress is a result of setting a goal. Your physiology wants a standard. You want to be at a certain temperature. If the environment drops to zero degrees, your structure has a goal to maintain 98.6. And the emotional, mental stresses that we hold come from the goals that we hold and the things that we want in our lives. And when you start recognizing that your stress comes from the inside. Again, you've got to quit the one world religion of blame. You've got to start taking responsibility. And as you take responsibility and remove the roots of hostility and fear, the one thing that this human energy system is designed to function from, the energy that it's designed for, is that of love. And so when you remove whatever is in you that's not based in love, then homeostasis returns to your whole structure. And you get to live in a whole different internal world, which means you also create a whole different external world, or you contribute, contribute your energy to a whole different world. And the game changes. So we're here to change the game or to support people in learning the tools for changing the game. And, of course, generations and generations and generations learn the game and have certain attitudes toward the game of life. And most people live out of those attitudes, having no idea that they're changeable. It's up to us as individuals what we choose to do with that. 
So the Mind Goal Management Sheet, you can go to the website and download it. I'm sure Jeannie's already put a a, uh, a link into the uh, the notes for today for that sheet. You can download it. It's pretty self-explanatory. Or there is a video called Getting the Stress You Need that you can order from our catalog, and it explains the use. It's, it's a pretty intuitive worksheet, but it explains the use of that worksheet very, very simply and very straightforward. So grab the worksheet, put it to work in your life, and watch how you get to change your stresses. And you stop creating the stresses that you, you and your structure and your mind and your emotions don't need, and you start creating the stresses that you do need. Everything changes. And so we're here to support people in changing everything, especially the way you create your stress and the way you create your life. So that's what we'd be here to do. So there are my thoughts, sweetie. you have any other thoughts on getting the stress you need? No. And we've had some new people just join us. So uh, if you all have a question or comment, press one. We've got about 20 minutes for conversation, and I'm complete with what I have have to say at this moment. So if you're out there in listener land, push one and ask your question. How can we support you? What's on your mind? Again, if you're on one of the stations where we can't see you on our control panel, our call-in number is 563-999-3581. Call that number. You're listening to the show directly, and we'll have a conversation. And if we don't have any questions, I'm complete, unless you have something else, sweetie. Nope. All right. Well, I'm going to say thanks to everybody for joining us. Have the best year yet of your eternal life and blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to MindShifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pache as we present the First Century Aramaic Internal Process of Forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on MindShifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.